0: Uh, And it's not the first coaching conversation I've had with this client. In fact, we've had quite a long coaching relationship and and many really great coaching conversations. Uh, This conversation, however, was our most recent one, and it just felt like a sacred space. I am so grateful that they've allowed me to share this conversation with you because... um, you know, I'm just I'm so I'm. I'm always amazed at what's possible when there's there's a clean conversation. The subject-object switch. Uh, Doctor Robert Keegan, chair of Harvard, says it's the thing that accelerates human growth more than anything else. The subjective space when we are, when we are in our own head. The objective space when we get some distance from our own head and our own story, and we get out of the story and into process. And so you'll see what's possible. Uh, in this conversation when we get out of story and into process and the same is true for you wherever you're stuck in story if you can get out of your head and have a look at it you'll see some stuff that will make change not only possible but inevitable so and um, because this is not the first coaching conversation i've had there's there's assumed knowledge and and you might get lost at certain points if you don't have that knowledge Um so i i'm uh, that's unavoidable because I just want I wanted you to hear this conversation because I think you'll find it valuable even if there are some missing pieces in your knowledge base around some of the concepts we talk about. Uh, so here it is. Um, hope you enjoy. Uh, yeah, all right. So run me through what you'd like to cover today.
1: Well... Um, mm. Our last call we we spoke about um, I guess it was around parenting and those and that sort of thing. Um, but the call before that, um, I'm not sure exactly how it sort of well, I think I remember how it started and I remember how it ended. And I remember that it was like me sort of coming with this idea or this belief that um my lack of ability like my difficulty with like comprehending certain probably anything like but situations or data and that sort of thing and then i guess leaving that at the end and saying okay well when did that where did that belief come from where did Mm -hmm. that story first um begin and it it was a bit of suffering actually me trying to work that out because I just uh I I just felt yeah it just felt really difficult for me to work that out like when did that start why Mm. did it you know all of those questions I just I didn't really feel like for a good few weeks I was just trying to sit with that but I just was uncomfortable trying to work that out um thinking that i guess a lot of it has to do with the fact that the people around me um had always been like had always sort of put me up oh not necessarily on a pedestal not necessarily like that but had always said you know how clever i was or how you know yeah I guess how intelligent I was and how clever I was from a really young age. So then I was like, well, why? Then I was thinking to myself, well, why then have I got this thought now that um, that my opinion isn't, you know, just linking back to my opinion, I guess, and thinking, well, others have, you know, thought that I could do it. Others believed in me, others um I know I guess some of sometimes I think that they probably did put their their hopes and dreams onto me because not they might not have like they didn't necessarily get there like I was probably one of the first ones in my family was pretty much one of the well pretty much was the first one in my family to go through and do a bachelor degree and actually get like a really good op at school and all of that sort of stuff so I guess I felt like if I didn't think the same as them that I was clever, I was intelligent, that I was sort of almost like betraying them, like that Mm -hmm. that wasn't really fair on them, that they had tried to do the best, like, even though I know that this is not exactly how it is, but in my perspective, I guess, as a kid and growing up, I guess I always thought that, you know, they've done this for me, like they've made me, they've tried to make me feel good and they've made, tried to make me feel smart and, you know, those sort of things. So then the whole time going through school where I say, you know, my story's always been that I suffered anxiety and that sort of thing. Um, Now I know that it was just around my story and my opinion of myself, but, um, you know, I just felt like I was like there's, I was letting them down because I didn't have such a strong like. I felt like they had a really strong belief that I could do anything, but I didn't have that same belief. So I was like, "Well, if mm-hmm. I don't have that same belief, I'm letting them down." I guess. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. Oh shit! When I say that out like that, it just like that's even different to what I've written. Um, I guess. Also, oh, I guess also it's to do with. Um, that my older sister, like, I don't know, this is probably just an excuse, I guess, but I, oh, my older sister, like, she was 15 years older than me and she's passed away now. And I just think that she didn't do so many things in her life and, I don't know, she just, she always just, even though I was terrible sometimes to her, um, she just thought the world of me, like, And um, that she just looked at me and she was like, you can do anything. Like, you can just do whatever you want. Mm. Like, and I don't know, I feel like maybe I haven't lived up to that. Like, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe that's it. I don't know. Mm. Just when I say it out to you now, I just get different feelings and emotions, like even from when I was writing it down.
0: Anything else about it?
1: Yeah, probably just that. Probably that I just feel like I should have done more. Um, Yeah, that... I don't know, just... Yeah, just that I should have done more maybe, like in that in, I don't know, I guess in honour of her, but like, I know that that's not my, I know that that's not my, that's not my purpose. Like, I know that can't be, and I know it's not, um, but that's just what comes up for me.
0: Yeah. You ready to unpack it?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So, so back to where you started the conversations and, you know, you were saying in your experience of trying to unpack this yourself, you just find it really difficult to get to the bottom of this, where this started, why this started, um, and therefore how to change it. So from what you understand about the process so far, what's the only thing that could get in the way of accuracy? in in understanding exactly where this started and exactly why it started like listening to the answers to those questions what's the only thing strong enough to stop you seeing or hearing the truth about the origins of this
1: just like my 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 memory of it like my or my opinion of it, is that what you mean, or my perspective?
0: Well, yes, but what specifically about your opinion sp- perspective about it could would stop you being able to examine that origin, the clarity?
1: Just the judgment on myself?
0: Yeah, well, that's the only thing. Um, you can't do judgment <sighs> and awareness at the same time you've heard me say that now yeah. times. you just heard it 101 times and it's useful again and it's uh, yes. my role is to go um there's nothing broken or wrong or, or strange about your inability to see that uh, there's just some self-judgment around that in case what you discover is wrong or bad or shouldn't be there that you you this shouldn't be like this you should have responded differently you should have done something differently you should have a different story about this. This should have been a mm. positive and yet it was a negative, or, or the other way around. That that perspective about this experience just means, all right, cool. Well, then, while ever that's there, it is it is entirely impossible to review the data around that this experience. Um, mm. The moment you take the judgment out of it, then instantly in that same moment it's safe to review the data and the moment it's safe you can see this with clarity like with precision so you know and i know that's true because the the small amount of data you've given me just just by the fact that i'm positioned objectively so i hear that data and my perspective is entirely different to yours my mm. yeah interested in different things i i um have a very different experience of your story just because I'm not involved in it yes um, so what would what would have to happen for you right now to create a clean space just to yeah
1: to um To realise that I don't need to judge myself and the beliefs that I did create back then were Mm. the beliefs that I created back then were only out of love for myself to, like, protect myself and to just acknowledge that and just to, yeah, just to be aware that I was only doing that I've only, you know, created that belief just to protect myself.
0: Right. So so I'm going to give you a statement that uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'll ask you to try on and I'll ask you to really dive into and hold close to you and just notice whether it gives you more of what you want or not. My guess is that it will be a useful statement and a really powerful one to help you stay in process. Um, as it has been for others, but perhaps it won't be, because it's just a story. Like, I mean, all we have is story. So I, I can't give you truth. All I can give you is another narrative, another way of making sense of the same experience. So the, so the statement for you to try on is, the child's response was perfect. Um, and, or either either that one or the child's response is perfect, which either of those two statements uh, is, is more powerful and more freeing uh, and to unpack that with you slightly is to go uh, insecurity and, and disempowering narratives are inevitable and entirely unavoidable. Even perfect parents and perfect childhoods do not prevent children internalising disappointments and negative experiences. And it's impossible to go through a childhood without being disappointed, uh, without being hurt. And in those moments, stories get told and it is impossible to avoid negatively internalizing and personalizing those experiences. So that's not, that's not how the insecurity problem gets solved. The insecurity problem gets solved by adults. Adults mm. are the only ones who've been sold, But Adults going back to the child and setting the child free. That's how this process works. Rather than going, oh, I wish I'd never picked up this story in the first place or I shouldn't yeah. have it interpreted it that way in the first place. That's That's a nonsense. That's abstract. That's a misdirection. That's wasted energy. That's judgment that shuts down the process. The child's response is perfect. The child did the best they could do with what they had at the time. And in no way are we looking to blame or be disappointed or upset with the narrative the child emerged with. Um, And and that's a gift to the adult to go, cool, now I'm gonna give you some work to do um, to use your adult muscles. If If there was nothing to overcome, then how do you build strength? You go to Mm -hmm. the gym and you lift weights. If there was no weight on the bar, you have no opportunity to build muscle. So the child also gives a gift to say, I'm going to do the best I can now. And that is also going to be the challenge for you when you're older to go back and fix this.
1: Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. How
0: does that feel so far?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good.
0: Um, Okay. So... Uh, the next next alternative the next reframe so everything can be reframed because everything is framed in the first place so Mm -hmm. we don't see the world as it is we see it as we are we bring our own perception and perspective to the experience and make sense of it so the narrative the viewpoint that you've told is that of of kind of perfect people in your world my sister was perfect And the, the adults in my world were perfect. The friends and family were perfect and their desire for me was perfect. So they always believed in me. They always thought the best of me. They always thought I was smart. They always thought I was intelligent. Their expectation was that I would achieve their expectation was that I could do everything. And that was perfect. That was pure. That was kind. That was a loving gift to me. Mm -hmm. So as that, as that. When that is a narrative and then you compare that narrative with your experience, what's the only possible outcome about who you are in that story if you don't then live up to their perfect desire and expectation for you?
1: Yeah, that I'm a failure, that I'm not good enough, that I didn't. Exactly, yeah. the only
0: possible outcome of that narrative. So, So let me give you the inverse of that story and just try that on and see what that opens up for you. So so let's let's examine how cruel their expectation was. Mm. And this is sacred because we're even going to examine the fact that what if your your sister's expectation of you was unkind?
1: Oh for sure yep yep I get I can see that like I I'm really aware I'm aware of that even with mum like because I guess, yeah, I'm aware that they, you know, were wanting to sort of live through me because they didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve. They didn't finish school. Mm-hmm. They didn't do those things. So it right. was like, oh, well, me and you can do it because I haven't been able to do it.
0: Beautiful. So so more yeah. than just rationally experience that to actually to, to sit in that and to even be allow yourself to be upset at that. Um, you know, it's a it's an icky feeling, and I mean, this is the difficulty around friends and family, especially family, and honoring family, which is to weigh them appropriately. To say negative things about family often feels mm. really uh, grating, um, but it is if you don't speak the truth, then you you betray yourself. So, so the narrative that says their expectation was unkind, was unfair, was um, a curse on you, not a blessing. Was setting you up for inevitable failure. In fact, the only possible outcome of their expectation was you feeling inadequate. There, were, there was no way for you to succeed in, in those conditions. So, so that narrative says um horrible thing for them to say and do to you. Um, now, so there's there's two com, completely opposing viewpoints. Their, their desire was perfect, is one end, and their desire was brutal with a curse and the other end and now i i would imagine that sitting with either ends of those spectrum might not set you free from this might create its own pain so your adult work is to create a sense-making paradigm that perhaps sits somewhere in the middle yep that weighs it appropriately that that takes their desire and and Um, expectation for what it was for them and to find the kindness in it and to reject the brutality of it, to not pick up anything that was actually about them or actually a curse or actually set you up for failure. Um, And not just to do it rationally as an adult, but to go back and help that little girl through those experiences Mm -hmm. to help her just get outside of her own little head and her own wisdom as a child and just to go, just have a look at this, have a look what was going on for your mum at that time. Yeah. What she was saying to you was from a place of deep insecurity, her own sense of personal failure. The fact that she hadn't ever achieved those goals. So at some point she transitioned all her ambition from herself onto you. Mm -hmm. That was how she was going to make sense of her life and look at these other people and what was going on for them at the time. And they, put this on you and that was unfair and unkind and can you see that can you feel that and and wait until that little girl can actually experience that with you and see it not just be told she was wrong or not just be told just to get over it and don't worry about it that wasn't about you but to let her feel the truth of that and feel that experience that's that's your adult work right now Okay. <laughs>
1: I guess from a conscious point of view you sort of you you feel like you can process this but when you go back it's um oh. It does. It just really hurts.
0: What specifically hurts? In what way?
1: Oh, my throat just feels so... What for? I guess I knew I could never do anything. (sighs) (sighs) <sighs> <sighs> oh oh, oh.
2: Uh.
1: So I, I know that I was doing this. I know. I know that I had to. I know that I had to do what I had to do. But I just, I just, I. I don't know. I just feel so. Oh. Like you just feel so helpless that like it's not I didn't I wasn't even there for the stuff that I guess the stuff that my mum went through and the stuff that my sister went through like but you just think and then I know that I was doing the right thing for me. I guess because they were both because they were both abused um, I guess yeah like they were both abused physically and 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 more um, yeah. You know that's how that's the situations they found themselves in. Um, I mean, that's how my sister that's how my sister would come to be through. I guess you know, fifteen years later, like I arrive and. Um. Like I guess it's just like you think, wow, like I didn't have the pain that they had. Um yeah, I yeah. that's oh. Oh, shit. Um yeah, that's sort of half cleared now from my throat.
0: Sure. So, so it, it just
1: you know, feels so irrational. I know that, Jamin. I know. I know I this, can't. this is the
0: just. So, let me take the other story into process. Yeah. Just, just examine, like, just go outside of your experience. Just have a look at it for the moment, because it's just like. Um, so this emotion, this irrational emotion, is is the child, and it's the child's experience, yep. and it doesn't. You can't tell a child. You can't just start with, don't be silly, this is irrational, stop crying. you kind of got to enter into their world and just just help them see. Um, yeah. And that's the role of a parent. So a child comes, they've, something, some calamity has happened in their world which has become everything to them. You know, someone's stolen their hat and, yeah. and it's <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. the end of their world. They don't know how they're going to survive without that hat. yeah the cruelest thing anyone's ever done and there's no tomorrow and that hat was everything. And then, you know, and they saved up their pocket money for that hat and now it's gone, you know. And so the role of the adult is to say, okay, I, I get how how difficult that is for you right now, um, but just but look at me and 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 let me tell you um, that it's going to be okay. We'll get another hat. Yeah. This won't be the thing that ruins your life. It's going to be okay. And so I know it hurts. Uh, You have to trust me here. Um, Come here, I'll give you a cuddle, we'll get another hat. But I wanted that hat. That hat's gone, Uh, we're going to get another hat. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, the child's experience of that was very difficult, very traumatic, very all-encompassing and overwhelming. And so, and when a child's in overwhelm, you know, they, they lose all perspective and all choice and are helpless and are swept up in that experience to the exclusion of all others. So your adult work is to go back and just coach that child through that experience to go, yeah, look at this, your, your mom and your sister, um, they they brought a lot of pain in, into their, like every, every word they spoke was coloured by some deep woundedness. And, and that was both beautiful and hurtful because out of their own personal pain, they so hoped that you didn't have to go through anything like that. They so longed to protect you from any kind of pain like that. They would have done anything so that you didn't experience what they experienced, which was just so honest and pure and loving. Um, But in that, um, their attempt to protect you also was a curse. That was also, they put a burden on you that was unfair and too heavy. They wanted you to have a perfect experience and they they lied to you about the world they lied to you about your own uh skills and experience they told you you had more than you had you weren't perfect you weren't you couldn't do anything you wanted to do you were a kid and you had to learn a bunch of stuff like the world's your oyster you can do anything that's a lie that's not true it's it might be well intentioned but it's it's unfair to say that to anyone, especially as a child, because it sets them up for all they can experience is disappointment, failure, and rejection if that's what they think is true.
2: Hmm.
0: So that's the adult: it's to weigh this appropriately, and to to go, yeah, that hat. It's sad that you lost that hat, but we'll get another hat. that experience must have hurt. Yeah, it would be difficult to go through that. And, you yeah, know, I get how, why that hurts so much, but it's not everything. And in the grand scheme of things, this is not what's going to change your life. This is not the sum total. This hat is not going to be everything. for you. you. You will go on and you will be okay. But if the adult doesn't help that child in that experience, then that child could experience this deep trauma about hats or this deep experience that if you want something, you, you, you can't have it or it will be taken from you. Then that hat comes to represent everything about the world. because there was this one time that I had a hat that I loved and it got taken from me. So if I love anything, I want anything in the future, it will also be taken from me. That's what the child will do in those kind of experiences, because that's their whole world is wrapped up in that hat. The adult's job is to get down to their level, help them understand their pain and then draw them to a bigger place so that the hat becomes Not everything at all. In fact, it becomes irrelevant. I get to see it for what it is.
1: so i guess i've just yeah like not i guess i've um
2: wanted to try to you know
1: prove to you know prove to them that that i that I could achieve these things that they thought that I could that you know yeah. they told me I could, yeah. Um, and in doing that has sort of debilitated me, like or yeah, put so much pressure on me, um, or put pressure on because I guess you had to put pressure on yourself, but I've just put that much pressure on myself that it it hasn't motivated me, but it's, it's stopped me. Like it's helped me to a certain point, I guess. Like it has, like, I do say to people, you know, like, Oh yeah. Sort of look at the things I've said to my kids now, but I, you know, like it or private conversations that I've had with Ben is it's like, it pushed me at school to do, to do my best, to always study. And, and even when I hated the subject and, and even when I didn't really want to do it, I still did it because I I didn't want to end up like mum. Like I I didn't want to get, you know, I didn't want to be, well, she can't read and write. So I I didn't want to be like that. So that it did motivate me. Like it did help me because I looked at that and I thought, well, because she couldn't do that, then she, I guess I, in my own way, I probably thought, you know, because you didn't have an education, not only did you have to do um, jobs that most of us would never want to do, but also found yourself in relationships that perhaps, you know that weren't that weren't great relationships. and um, yeah, so and you know, that she wasn't able to work through, just, you know, to be able to work through these things in her head um, despite being absolutely, ridiculously intelligent with relationships in so many other ways where she can look at someone else and she knows whether that's a good person or a bad person it sort of is a bit eerie but um, she still found herself with men that weren't good um, and things like that but she's still so intelligent in so many other ways Um, but yeah, so I always, but I didn't think that when I was a kid. I used to think, oh, she failed school. I don't
0: mm-hmm. want to be like
1: that. I can't be like that. It's just not an option for me to be like that. So, but then in that in later life, then I guess it's just it's um that's how I sort of feel my life is, is that I'm like. I know I can do these things but then I find myself not doing it like I just go so it just it just feels too overwhelming it feels too hard it feels too like I know that I've always been that person and I mean many people have said it to me it's like I have this burning desire to really do something to really want to like do you know I don't know what the thing is but like I guess it doesn't matter at this point but like that I've always had that burning desire, but I've never, like I feel like there's just, you know, I wake up and then it's like, oh, no, I didn't do it today because this happened and I didn't do it, I'm not going to do it tomorrow because this is going to happen. Like, yeah, that was sort of one of my questions before I even come in today was like, you know, trying to, you know, setting up and scheduling and all that sort of thing. Like it's not a scheduling problem. (laughs) It's not a time problem, Um, you know, so... Yeah, just sort of I guess being okay with it's probably being okay with doing what I want to do, like and not doing it because mum didn't get there or not doing it so that Samantha knows that you know I've done my best yeah. like, um doing it for me, like doing it because that's what I want to do. Um and taking those guys out of the equation because at the end of the day like what they went through was no one should ever have to go through mm-hmm. um and it has affected me um because I, I care about them and because they care about me that's you know i think that's i think that's normal um so it it has impacted um but at the same same time, I recognise that that was there. That's what they've had to go through, and that's their struggles. And I've got my own, and um, yeah. So that and that's okay. Like my, I, I can't. You know, obviously for my sister, I'm not able to solve anything for her now. Um, mm. And even for Mum, it's just about, you know, as I see her in her seventies, and I can see that she's she won't solve this, and and that that's okay. Like, I need to be, like, I am okay with that. I'm finding more and more every day that I am okay with that. Like, um, she still brings a lot to our lives, um, but I don't need to solve this for her. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so there is a bunch of uh, chords and strings that have been attached that you've linked this plus this must equal this. Because of this, then this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there, there's, you've created, you know, strings off in every direction that are limited. <laughs> so you can look at today and go, well, I want to, why can't I just do the things I want to do? It's like, well, if you could just step back and have a look at you, you're so bound up with all these strings everywhere. Um, you, you can't, you're not free to be who you want to be yet because the child is still living in reaction and response to what happened a long time ago. And it's still running the show really unconsciously. Yeah. Um, so your adult work, all of our adult work is to set the child free and to integrate and evolve. So it's not like that. That's a really important distinction too: that to integrate and move on. So it's like, so I spent, um, you know, the first 33 years of my life with Christianity as the central sense making paradigm for everything and you know so much so from 17 till 33 I was involved in Christian ministry as the sole purpose and focus of my life I could never envisage a day when that wouldn't be true and yet it it unraveled and didn't make sense for me and I moved beyond it but when I look back at those years now I don't regret any of it like even the things that I mm. can go, that mm. doesn't make sense. That's weird. That's strange. That's, well, that's actually bad. You know, I, none, I, there's no judgment around that. I, I, it's part of what's made me, me so I can integrate it and, and yeah. it's useful. It's part of me, but I get to move on beyond it. Yeah. So, um, your experiences as a child, none of them are bad, none of them are wrong. No, uh, you have to regret or change and uh, it's about reconciling all of them as an adult and then integrating them and, and then they become part of you and you then grow beyond them
1: yep. or you, yeah or
0: you stay impacted and limited and bound up by them as, uh, yes. as some of my friends who you know, are still in church world and are really weird. Like they're plastic people. They, they have these rules that I got. a I got a friend who who genuinely believes the earth is six thousand years old, and and to question that would question his whole faith. His whole world would come crumbling down if if the world's not six thousand years old. So that's a very destructive and dangerous thing for an adult human being in the western world to hang on to he hasn't found a way to integrate that ideology and move beyond it and now it's it's incredibly limiting for every aspect of his life you know as as is what you're experiencing now You know, cool the, the sense-making paradigms of the child were perfect but now are the thing that is limiting me from everything i want in my future and will continue to hold you back and limit you. And and for most people, most will never find a way of integrating and, over, and moving on. They they just they remain bound up by this and suffer to the point of madness.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> so it's not necessarily so much about like completely removing their expectations from me, like um, and, you know, because I guess, yeah, like their experiences, their experiences that they had in their world I mean most of that I was not even there for yet yep. um i guess i don't i don't really know like how to like i don't want to I, I think it would i don't want to completely cut that off even though it wasn't even my experience but it was still because it was people that were so close to me about integrating like is that around just recognizing them for you know their courage and and what they went through um yeah. and you know seeing the gift in what they've given me um
0: well, let's let's call it honoring them yeah so do you remember the definition of honor as to give due weight to, remember that from any conversations you've had previously?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I do.
0: Well, the, the ten, fifth of the Ten Commandments says, honour your mother and father, that it may go well with you. And it's kind of a, you know, that's the foundation of that, idea to honour people and that language. And it's kind of grown to then honour your friends, honour your family, honour your leaders, honour that like that idea of honour but it, it's taken on a strange connotation to often, to often mean speak well of respect don't say a bad word about sometimes obey uh, sometimes you know turn the other cheek forgive and that's how some people mm-hmm. unconsciously accept that what that word means and um, accommodate even but it's not like that's really destructive because to, to maintain that level of honor for all those people means to dishonor yourself
1: yeah 100 yep so,
0: so the actual origin of that word is from the ancient marketplace so to honor it was a, a transaction that a farmer would come in to uh, to the merchant and he would be honored if his bag of wheat was weighed appropriately yeah honor him it was to put his bag on the scales and give him due weight for that weight they're not underweight or overweight that was to honor him which is actually profound because what it's saying is to honor your mother for instance would be to weigh her impact appropriately okay to look at her influence and go 'Cause often I hear people tell the story about their parents and go, oh, do you know what my dad, he was a bastard, like he was so hard, he was never really there. And I can't ever remember him hugging me or telling me he loved me and had such high expectations and oh boy, like he was just such a difficult guy and so negative. And but look, I don't I don't want you to think he didn't love me. Like, you know, and I you know, and I I had a good childhood and you know, and he was a good man and he did provide for us and we, you know, and we did go on holidays and yeah, and no, no, and it was okay, and you know, it was all good. That's mm. Often how I've hear people tell the story. They kind of go to put it on the scales and it feels so icky, then they take it off the scales. And mm-hmm. they call everything bad good. Now, occasionally people yeah. go the other way. They just write parents off completely. And everything's bad. So again, that's that's not how this works. But to honor is to go, yeah, that those things my mum said, that was shit. That hurt me. That was unkind and unfair. That was destructive but this uh, that was kind that was grateful she did this for me and it was pure that was great and i i was benefited by that so it's to kind of uh, be appropriate it's to reconcile things objectively you know just like we did with those expectations for you to be intelligent and
2: mm-hmm.
0: achieve things and you know, we looked at that and go, okay, some part of that was actually really a curse to you. And another part of that was just so motivated by the desire to protect you and you have a great experience of life. So when we put it on the scales and weigh it appropriately, then you get to go, okay, yeah, I can see that part of this was horrible and part of this was actually good. So, yeah, all right, well, that's useful.
2: Mm-hmm yep
0: same with every other experience from your family growing up is way inappropriately that's your adult work
2: mm.
1: does
0: that make sense yeah oh,
1: yeah yeah yep 100 yep, yep yep
0: and it's hard to do it. and i often find people have to do that exercise at least three times because they consistently underweigh bad things that's that's often yeah. the pattern. they go this feels really bad but uh i'm probably okay and other people had it worse and you know like mm. what i'm trying to do and yeah and they had it hard as well and you know i often hear people say you know my dad wasn't really loving and kind and wasn't present and never said loving words but then his dad never did that for him you know so mm. oh, yeah, it's okay but then if you if you carry that logic on to your kids, you would never say it was okay for you not to be loving and kind and affectionate. <laughs> so I was like, hang on a minute, why are you so worthless that you were the person that didn't matter for, but everyone else it does? Mm. So to go, even though my dad was not loved well, he still had an absolute duty and responsibility to me to grow through that and do better than his dad. And he didn't. Yeah. That was shit. Yeah. I deserve way better from him. Yeah. That is not okay. However, yep. there are other things that he did and other things that I benefit from, other things that I'm grateful for, other things that I I think um will, will be forever grateful for. But it's to actually be honest about the net result and the impact. Um so it often takes a few times to really get honest because it feels so wrong a lot of the time.
1: So that's not just, like, understanding poor behaviour. That's different again, isn't it? Like, this is about when you're on, like, when you're talking about this honour, it's about how it impacted on you, yeah, life, as a child. Absolutely. Whereas, like, now, in today, like, you know, if I receive bad behaviour from someone else, now, then it feels empowering for me to understand like, well, it's actually, it's okay, like I don't need to take that on because it's actually about them for whatever reason and to not to analyse every bit of their world, yeah, yeah, sure. but just to understand that, okay, they've chosen that behaviour because it's actually about them. It's not about me. So that's, I'm okay, I don't need to take that shit on. Great. But yeah, the honour is, yeah, the honour is the fact that, as a child you didn't have any other resources so of course you took on your parents bullshit yep. like you you had no other like like you say the child's response was perfect of course you're going to take that on because they your parents are your world really like your parents and you like for me i had siblings older siblings so they were my world that was my entire world as a child like i exactly so of course i'm gonna of course i would take that on that's thing that i should have done as a child
0: and that's that is the important thing you're right to go back and let like weigh that child's experience it's like sexual abuse like you'll often hear me say you know it's not the abuse that ruined the child's life it's the meaning the child placed on that like this was about me and so that's entirely true and that's the way out of that is to realize it's not the event it's the it's the meaning however to to honor that experience is to go yeah and and when that abuse happened uh that was so destructive that set me back 20 mm. years that mere mm. me a fortune that traumatized me and terrorized me i didn't sleep properly for the next 20 years and mm. um, i didn't and then the impact that, that it has on
1: other the impact that it then has on the next generation despite me not being Sexually abused or being abused physically, you know, like it—it it does carry forward. Like if so, I'm the one that is saying, "Well, I'm going to change that." You know, I'm not going to let that carry forward past me. Like, yeah, um, yeah, and no, I don't think that mum or my sister like you know shared those things with me to you know it was just yeah like I don't think that they did share those things with me to to make me feel bad it was just like that was their true that's what that was their experience and um I guess they had to deal with it somehow like Mm. but um yeah but it was cruel because Mm. For me as a child because i i didn't know how to deal with that i didn't know what it meant i didn't even i didn't understand what they were even talking about Mm.
2: um
1: so then as you grow up and become an adult and realize what that actually was it's like oh wow yeah so um yeah
0: yeah that's exactly it and that's the process and you can even hear in your state like your state has changed dramatically in different parts of this conversation so your state now, like very relaxed, very calm. Um, everything's okay. Everything's clean. There's no judgment. There's no emotion. you're going to go, yeah, cool. I understand my work. I understand how this operates, and it's all going to be okay. I'm going to get a new hat. Mm. And yeah. And that's I mean that's the way the personal growth works. It's a subject-object switch. That's the thing that accelerates human growth more than anything else. We are subjective experience people and we will have sub- subjective experiences. That is unavoidable. We will be emotional, we will be impacted, we will be hurt. And it's important to, to have those experiences fully. But the way to change them is, is never by within them. you kind of got to get out of them to have a look at them cleanly before, to change them. Mm. So right now yeah. we're doing some objective work. We're examining this. We're seeing alternatives that you cannot possibly see when you're inside the experience.
2: Mm.
0: So the honoring experience is the subject-object switch. It's like, cool, this was my experience. Now let me have a look at it in a clean position and weigh it appropriately.
1: Thank you so much. Um Yeah, I just think that that's been sitting there for a long time.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. That was obviously the right time for this conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that this morning. (laughs) Mm, Wow. Yeah, it's just been rattling around for a long time. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that it just feels really good. So I will, um, yeah, I will sit and do some of that work.
0: You'll do some of that work?
1: (laughs) I'll do all of that work. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll I'll sit with myself and, um, yeah, really to honour, yeah, to honour my, you know, to honour Samantha and to honour mum and, um, yeah, and just be honest about that, like, yeah, that's um, that's really powerful because I guess you do you want to protect them, like you don't want them to be seen in a bad light. So, but at the end of the day, this is my own private journey. So yeah. yeah. So who else are you gonna really honour right now? Myself. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. And it is a, a beautiful part of the process of giving yourself significance to saying, oh, actually, that hurt me. I deserve better than that. Rather than saying, oh, I didn't matter and always accommodating, always putting yourself in other people, she was always making them more significant and you less significant. they actually, go, no, I am significant. I would never want anyone else to experience this I would never treat anyone else like this. I didn't deserve this. This hurt me. This was not useful to me. It's to honor yourself and it's to honor your own response. And you go, know, look at, look at how I managed this. Look at my intention to be kind and protecting and look at how I've always desired to be, to be good to others and always desired to grow myself. And I've always done the best I know how. So I'm not upset in any way that I've processed this in the past. I'm not, judging myself or i should have done this differently i shouldn't have picked up that story I'm, I'm honoring that i've done this in a loving way and will continue to love myself and the more that i understand then the better my response will be the more empowering it will be that's all that can happen because i'm trying to do the best i can so if i can do better then i will do better that's all that can happen yep yep
1: 100 percent
0: you've been listening to the insecurity project podcast all you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works if this is your year to be insecurity free jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity